Good morning on this Monday morning. Welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets. Food for thought and for the imagination. Mindsets. A way of a culture thinking. Things that are established as strongholds in the current culture, in previous cultures. Things that began maybe as a thought, as an imagination, as an idea that continued over and over and others got a hold of it and it grew and it grew until it becomes mainstream. It becomes accepted and part of our society. Therefore, each and every individual involved winds up with a stronghold in their mind if it's something against God or something contrary to the word of God or the scripture. In Genesis in chapter 6 and verse 5, we looked at it yesterday, God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now I bring this up because Prophetically, that which happened in the time of Noah, that which happened in the time of Lot, Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So, in Jesus' coming back, in his return, one of the conditions that we're going to find that the world is in is like the days of Lot, and the days of Noah. Well, Genesis chapter 6 verse 5 gives us a glimpse of how it was in the days of Noah. It tells us that man was wicked. Not only was he wicked, wickedness filled the earth and it was great. And the imagination of man and the thoughts of his heart was only continually evil. Well, we don't have to go back to the days of Noah to see that happening today. The thoughts of man, every individual apart from Christ himself, every individual that walks independent of God and the work of Christ in his or her life, is under the influence of of such a condition. The mind has not been renewed. The mind has no comprehension. In the book of Romans, we have the Apostle Paul describing uh, the condition of man also. He says in Romans chapter 1, verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. So the truth of God, the truth of Christ, the truth that God has established in the person of Christ and everything that uh, He uh, emanates, everything that proceeds forth out of Him, every word that was spoken, He was the Logos that was with God. He was the Word. And He was God. And He became flesh. He took on a human physical body. 
And in that human physical body, he literally walked this earth. Think of it kind of uh, like a spacesuit, but for earthly habitation. Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. And he humbled himself to become like mankind. Except he was sinless. No sin in his life. And because of his union and his communion and fellowship with the Heavenly Father and with the Holy Spirit. He had a mind that was completely heavenly set. In other words, he followed the patterns of the Word of God, the Old Testament that they had. He followed the patterns of how kingdom living should be. And when he began to teach and to speak, they recognized that authority. They recognized uh, that his words were very different than those of the words of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes. And they were astonished by the power that was manifested. Jesus was so under the submission of the Holy Spirit that his very actions, his very words, his very thoughts, his very ideas, and even his very emotions would not move unless he was moved on by the Holy Spirit. Now, we can find many examples of this in the Scripture, but I just want to point out something. Let's consider Jesus is at the Pool of Ceylon. There, an angel of God would come and stir the water. The first individual that entered in, uh, he or she would be healed. A man had been laying there for many years, and he had... Uh, not been healed because by the time he tried to get into the water, someone else would get in there first. And the scripture says that that pool was surrounded by multitudes of people that wanted healing. Yet when Jesus got there, he did not heal every single one of them. He just healed one man. You would wonder and you would think, well, why if he was the Son of God, why if he walked with this power, why if he was doing the will of God, didn't he just heal everybody there? I mean, you would think that you would begin to emotionally begin to feel sorry for so many people that are in such a condition and are living in such a way, all waiting with an expectation and a hope of being healed and yet only one at a time, and that was only when the angel would stir the water. It would always be only the first one that got in. But yet, when we find Jesus in the desert on another occasion, the Bible says that Jesus was moved with compassion. See, we would call compassion a feeling. Sometimes we would say, well, you know, we have sympathy or empathy. But to have compassion is very different. Com compassion is, is something that we are moved with, not 
out of our own selves. We would think that it would just be out of our own selves, but it is something that God himself would accomplish in us or do in us when we are yielded to him. There was an occasion where Jesus wept. There was an occasion where Jesus uh, uh, sighed uh, in spirit. Uh, there was occasions when he was grieved. And yet all of these things were because his emotions were under the control of the Holy Spirit. He just didn't go and do things. He just didn't because he felt like it. And we have to understand that because we in our emotions can be uh, deceived. Have the devil move in our lives and we would be deceived because he'll make us feel sorry. He'll work on our sympathy. He'll work our, on, on our empathy. And that's something that is uh, out of out of the physical is not something that's under the control of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's look at uh, compassion. It says in the, in the book of uh, Psalms, Psalm 145, verse 7 and 8 and 9, it says, They abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious. Jesus was full of grace and truth. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. Now, this is what it says in the book of Psalms, that Jesus was moved or, or that God is full of compassion so God manifested his compassion through the person of Jesus. God manifested his care through the person of Jesus when Lazarus died. He, he cared. It wasn't just some emotional, but Jesus was manifesting God, the character of God, the person of God. So that when we read in the scripture, in the book of Romans, as, as we had read earlier, and we look at how Jesus responded and how people respond today to certain things, then we can find for ourselves that we sometimes are responding out of just simply emotion. Simply things that because our mind has not been renewed to be able to distinguish. So let's look at Romans again. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and the unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. So that means they have some type of knowledge or some type of understanding or some type of grasp about truth. But instead of holding it as truth, they hold it in unrighteousness. In Romans 1, 19, because that which may be known of God is manifested in them, for God has showed it unto them. See, just like in the days of Noah, as the scripture says in chapter 6, Noah was of perfect stock. Everybody else had been cross-contaminated physically, 
and their minds had been altered by the prince of the power of the air, and their lives were simply just one wicked work after another. But God never leaves anything unspoken. He always lets man, through warning, let, lets him know what is going to happen. So for 100 years, Noah was a preacher of righteousness. That means that they were living in unrighteousness. He spoke the truth of God and they refused and rejected that truth. He told them exactly how long they had and they refused to accept that. Even after having built the ark, they still did not believe that there could possibly be a flood. But that which can be known of God is manifested in them, for God has showed it unto them. In Romans 1.20 it says, For the invisible things of God, of Him, from the creation of the world are clearly seen. So that means in creation itself we can find clues as to who God is. It says, Being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. In other words, to be able to say that somewhere along the line in this chaotic world, there was a big bang and, and, and complete order came out of it is to be blinded. Creation itself shows us that there is a God. There is a designer, an architect, and a builder of all things. But man takes the truth of God, that he is creator, and says that we were not created, but that we evolved. That nothing was created, it was just a big bang. That order is a thing of nature, of itself, and not of a, cre not of a creator. But God says they're without excuse because everything shows them. Now, to conclude in Romans one twenty one, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish hearts was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God unto the image made like unto corruptible man, and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. And man has taken today in the 21st century and has made it mainstream that there is no God, there is no creator. We have communist countries in the world that refuse to believe that there is a God. In fact, they will probably put you in prison or put you to death for making such a declaration. So they've taken and they've 
gone and gotten man and they have put him on a pedestal and glorified him. They glorified wisdom, knowledge, technology, and anything that man can develop and create. And God has been put to one side. But it all involves their hearts being darkened, their minds being darkened, their imaginations being just like it was in the days of Noah and in the days of Lot before judgment came. And we are going down that same path. So we must have our minds renewed and restored back to how God originally intended. And Christ provides that for us if we're willing to accept it. Consider this food for thought and for the imagination. The Lord richly and fully bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.